0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Menopause Café in conversation with a series of podcasts and today I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Laura Schucksberg. Laura is a midlife coach specialising in helping both men and women get the best out of their life and helping them to map out a way of living and thriving through midlife. Welcome Laura. Hello, how are you? It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me. How are you getting
1: on? I, where are you in the
0: world at the moment? Where are you joining us from?
1: I'm in Leamington Spa in Warwickshire um, at the moment. Um, yes, loving it. Well, I do love it here. I'm I'm making moves to move to France, though. I don't know whether you've seen that on anything I've done. So um, just got back from a week in France sort of house hunting, actually, because I want to, um, I'm working towards having a simpler life.
0: Right, right. With internet connectivity, so you can... Uh,
1: Absolutely, yes. So you can do anything from anywhere in the world these days, can't you? Which is, we're very lucky with, with our internet sort of connections and stuff. So yes, that'll be, um, that'll be paramount in finding somewhere that's got a good internet connection. I mean, why France? Is it just, do you have connections
0: there already? Or is it just a part of the world that, that, that calls you?
1: It is just, I love the language and I love the culture. And I haven't spent a huge amount of time in France. It's not somewhere I used to go particularly as a child. But I just wanted somewhere that was near enough to get backwards and forwards um, for work, et cetera, if needed, and family. And um, I didn't want to go to Spain, really. So it was kind of, I think, you know, France is a big country. There's lots of lovely areas. And so there we just went, right, let's do France. I love the language as well. I take it you're fluent. No, I'm not fluent. Oh. I love, I'm learning at the moment but it's tough actually learning a language um, in midlife, but I'm trying and I think once I get there and I'm immersed in in it and I have to use it, which I enjoy using it when I I can, then I will learn more.
0: I think that's the thing, isn't it? As you say, it's just immersing yourself and then it just becomes so much easier because you're hearing it every day and it just becomes like, yup, like a
1: second language. Exactly, and I think it would be really interesting to be able to see the world and describe things using a different language I think that's going to be a beautiful thing when I can speak it fluently and I suppose
0: also it's tapping into another part of your brain isn't it that we should be doing to keep ourselves um, I suppose
1: uh, cognitively sharp definitely I think um, it is very good to um, learn a language at any age but but especially now it, yes it keeps the cogs going doesn't it really Um, And I think in menopause, when you, I don't know about you, but for me, one of the things that I found through my menopause is I forget, I lose words, I forget words. So I might do that on this podcast, so you'll have to figure it out, but I'm sure people (laughs) understand. I mean, I can be in, I've been in business meetings before and I just can't find the word I need or I, you know, I kind of forget. I don't usually forget what I'm talking about, but it's finding the right words to talk about
0: word retrieval isn't it yeah yeah we hear that quite a bit it's or just literally plucking the wrong wrong word out of of thin air Uh, i mean for example i mean i I will often say raccoon instead of macaroon and it makes absolutely (laughs) no sense but you know part of my brain has just sort of linked those two words and and won't unlink them (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. And, and it's i don't like the fact that i sometimes feel like um it almost makes me feel a little bit daft sometimes that it's not there, but it's all in my brain. It's just I can't quite get it out sometimes. Yeah. And I, I also think it's
0: it's the mental and cognitive side of menopause that we don't hear about as much, isn't it? Because we we, we know about the hot flashes and the night sweats. I mean, I don't know whether you found the, the mental health side of,
1: of your menopause challenging in any way. Oh, for me, um, the mental um, health Side of it was was the worst for me. It always has been. That's how I found out that I was in perimenopause. Um, just because I actually thought I was going mad. Really, I thought I'd. I almost thought I had sort of like dementia or something coming on. Forgetfulness, um, loss of confidence, um, many many um, mental or as I like to describe them, invisible symptoms, which. I think is really important that women know because what's interesting about invisible symptoms is we can't see them it's like a mental illness that unless you're talking about it and saying about how you're feeling people can't really see it and i think that's one of the things that a lot of my clients talk to me about and they find that the most frustrating yeah i think um
0: low mood lack of confidence um, self-esteem, I think that sort of, that, that drops, doesn't it? Um, and, and obviously, if you're having issues with with perhaps your memory, you know, if you say you're standing up in a business meeting and all of a sudden, you know, you just go completely blank, that doesn't help our self-esteem and our confidence. It's, it's, it's potentially a downward
1: spiral, isn't it? It is, and I think um, it's also, it's, it's just, there's a circular spiral to it, you know, when you, you, your menopause symptoms make you feel worse at work, and then work makes you feel worse in your menopause symptoms because of the things that we've just said, you know, and especially the fact that you're forgetting things. You, you feel a bit daft. Um, you're not able to retrieve your words. You know, you might forget what you're talking about. You're having a hot flush. All of these things can really um, make your confidence lowered. And I think we're already feeling delicate enough when we're in our menopause and our perimenopause that we don't want to have this this loss of confidence is. I don't know, it's just another sort of like another pin, isn't it? <laughs> it's just another kick. And it's, oh gosh, I just think it's just, the more I learn about the menopause and perimenopause and the more women I talk to and the more symptoms that women are struggling with, the more I just think it's it's so important that we are, talking about it more which I think we are generally since I went into perimenopause about four years ago I do know that there's there's a sort of snowball effect and it it seems that more and more and more people are talking about it and I think there's a couple of things in that I think it's because I'm looking at it and I'm in the industry now and and I'm in menopause that I'm noticing it but I think that actually there is more going on more conversations
0: I also think that this, um, it's reached reached a critical mass. That's sort of my take on on the discussions around menopause. I think there are now so many women coming out and talking about it that it's just not going away.
1: Yes. And do you think that's? Do you think it's all a good thing when when women are talking? You know, there's more and more people talking about it.
0: I think it is. Yeah, I think so, because one, if one woman stands up and speaks about it, it can validate so many other women's experiences. And I think perhaps it's disempowering and it's invalidating when you have this whole variety of symptoms and perhaps you feel perhaps your GP is not taking you seriously or you're not getting any support at home or in the workplace. I think mm-hmm. it's very easy just to, to feel as if you as you say, you're going mad. So to hear other women talk about it And men as well, because I think they're, you know, they're the ones that that often take the brunt of of our behaviour and our mood swings Mm -hmm. around menopause. And I think as baffling as it is for us, I think it must just be completely perplexing for for the men in our lives.
1: No, that's a really interesting point. And actually, I've started to um, coach more and more men on this. And it's something that I really want to kind of... um, do more of because I think it's so beneficial and the guys that I talk to about this and the guys that I coach and also, um, when I do my menopause awareness sessions in organizations, they are so grateful not only to have some knowledge about it because they had no idea what on earth was going on anyway, but so that they now, you know, they're armed with the knowledge, they can recognize some of the symptoms and they can be in a better position to support work colleagues and also you know their wives and their partners and any women that they know every woman will go through it so every single man pretty much will know a woman who will go through it so we have to help men I mean my husband oh gosh bless him he's been he's had such a hard time with my perimenopause I mean we've almost broken up three or four times since in the last four years. I mean, I don't know whether you know this. Um, I don't know whether you read my, one, one of my, my story about my menopause. And um, I actually had to move out of the family home. I moved out for a year because I just could not cope with my own feelings. Um, I thought it was me. I thought I was going crazy. I needed space. I couldn't be around anybody else because I was so anxious and so depressed at one point. And um, I had to move out just to get some space. But that's a pretty radical move to move out. And um, we're still together, my husband and I. And, and it, it was good for us. But a lot of women aren't in that um, situation. They can't do that. That's not an option for a lot of women. And I think from the women that I talk to and the women that I coach, a lot of relationships split up in this time in midlife. Yeah, I think the divorce rate
0: spikes, does not it, sort of, um, at divorce rate and also the suicide rate spikes in women um, between, I think it's 49 and 55. It's sort of, it, it's really this very, very vulnerable time in a woman's life.
1: I know, it's awful. It really is awful. And it can be so debilitating. And I mean, I'm just going to share something because people, a lot of people look at my um, Instagram and everything and you know, I've, a lot of my pictures are happy, not all of them, but you know, you can sort of see somebody and think that they're, they're okay and they're having a great life. And I think this is the same with a lot of the way we view people on social media, but quite often it, it's not like that. And I had a really bad episode at the weekend, actually, when, um, I was extremely hormonal. I've, cause I, my sort of, I've got a Marina coil and I'm on HRT and I'm on gel and, um, when i've since i've had my marina coil most of the time i don't have any kind of period or anything but i've had a little bit of sort of like mon- a monthly cycle almost where i'm having a bit of a bleed and, that, and it's quite good because i can then you know the times that i'm the lowest and the most depressed are at the times when i would have been with pmt or pmdd um and this weekend i had a particularly bad um time of it was it this weekend or was, no it was last weekend when i got back from france it was last weekend and I almost, I said to my husband yesterday, I said, I felt so bad at one point that I actually felt like, you know, is life worth living? So these feelings are real. And it's only because I am, I am actually a very strong person and I know that I will come out of it. But, but you know, those, those feelings that are inside your head when you're in the thick of an anxiety attack, which is brought on by your hormones and, and depression, is, is hard to is hard to get out of it's I hard to, lo- for the trees I think you
0: lose perspective as well don't you and it's it's yeah and that's quite difficult to to I think unless you have various techniques and, and unless you have things that you can call upon and even then when you're in yes. that really bad place it's very difficult to to sort of even cling on to those
1: it is it really is and you've got you know I do really do feel for women who are going through or starting to go through it and not recognizing what's happening to them, because I think that's the scariest time. That was the scariest time for me about sort of four years ago. And I was just getting more and more bouts of like feeling this sort of severe um, anxiety and depression. I had um, PMDD though. And I think it was, uh, and it's been diagnosed my whole life. So I've all suffered very heavily with my hormones. And so actually my, um, maybe my perimenopause has been worse because of that. I mean, every woman's journey is very individual, isn't it? Mm. We are all um, going to go through it in a different way. It's going to be unique to us. But I'm still a great, I just think knowledge is power. And if we are teaching our kids about it in school, we know what to expect. We can arm ourselves and be prepared. And that will be a really good tool. Yeah, I think that's so
0: important. I mean, what what, what was the the how did you make the link what what was the moment or where was the moment when you realized oh heck all of this is or because of i'm i'm menopausal i'm
1: perimenopausal was there a moment what, did you see somebody or i started just doing loads and loads of research about it and um and i realized that i was at the right age so i was about 46 47 mm-hmm. uh, 47 i was and i'm now um, 51 so it was just through my own you know my research and what on earth's going on about with me because I think because we are so much we're so much more vibrant as women these days and as people that I never felt like I was old enough I don't know whether you felt like that it wasn't something and I had regular periods even though they were getting a bit lighter so I didn't put two and two together you know I didn't know to put two and two together it's it's amazing I mean
0: the irony of of mine, I had a surgical menopause at 41 Mm. and it didn't occur to me that the struggles I had for the three years afterwards were menopausal. Um, (laughs) and it's, now I look back and, and just think just, it's absolutely ridiculous that, you know, you have no uterus and ovaries and it doesn't occur to you. But, you know, as we said, it's, if it's not hot flashes, night sweats,
1: you lose perspective. You can't actually see how bad you're getting. And, um, but also, I think really, you know, in terms of like you having that procedure, there should be information about it. Um, you know, your doctor or, or your GP should have mentioned that this could happen because this is, a, you know, a serious side effect of that. And actually, it's brought you into a a menopause that's that's premature as well, isn't it? Or an early menopause. Mm.
0: I mean, how- What's in your toolkit? I mean, I, you're looking incredibly fit. And, uh, you know, I see from your Instagram post that uh, I think you were doing push-ups a couple of weeks ago.
1: <laughs> yes, I was in my, well, exercise is, produ- is a massive thing for me. I, um, I exercise and I, I find my exercise is, is, is a whole body experience for me. It keeps me it keeps my body strong and it keeps my weight down and it makes me feel fit and it raises all those happy um, hormones and the endorphins and all the serotonin. So it's when you're actually doing it and just afterwards, um, it makes you feel fantastic, but it's so good for my mind. It's, it's the mental stuff that really helps me as well. So if I'm feeling really rubbish, if I, and I feel awful, you know, you know, those days when sometimes you just wake up and you just don't feel like Getting on with anything, I force myself to either go out for a run, or I get in front of the, the TV and I do a HIIT workout. And I, without a doubt, nobody who ever does exercise will ever not feel better when they've done it. So to me, it's one, it's the, it's my biggest tool really is exercise. And I've just started um, yoga, which I think is a really amazing full body experience and something that's a little bit more gentle because I do tend to like my hardcore. Um, exercise, but I've just been, in, I've been um, talking to a nutritionist because I had some real bad problems with my skin just lately, which is interesting. We can have a quick chat about that as well because I think it is hormonal as well, but it's definitely stress-related and so a lot of the HIIT workouts can just raise that inflammation and that stress, so I need to balance that out with some yoga or as, or as you said, you do Qigong is that what you call it? Qigong, yeah. And how do you find that? Do you find that's really good for your sort of whole body? I
0: find it incredible. It's it's sort of thirty forty minutes, and I'm just in another place. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing, and and the sort of the, the music, sort of you know slightly Tibetan. Yes. Tinkling and um, yeah, yeah. I know there's a lady on uh, um, Claire. She was. She joined one of the online menopause cafes and she's been running um, Qigong lessons via um, Zoom. And um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, but that's one of the benefits I think is, that's come out of COVID is that we're all, A, our connectivity has increased, but I think we're also trying different things online. I mean, I suppose, have you moved your coaching business predominantly online?
1: Yes, indeed. Um, very much so. I mean, I'm lucky enough to, I've got some clients that I see one-to-one which I've been able to start up again, just recently but everything's gone online I mean it has had a it's had an impact on my menopause awareness sessions in the workplace and that's something that I'm still trying to build up because because everything's changed hasn't it you know and I think menopause for organizations really at the moment with everybody not being together has not been at the forefront of their minds it wasn't at the forefront before so now it's taken an even you know it's dropped back into into sort of stuff that's not really that important. So I'm, I'm working on that, but yeah, Zoom's an amazing tool, isn't it? Or um, what was I on this morning? I was on... Um, Is it Teams? No, I've not been on Teams. I don't use Teams. Um, gosh, you see, here you go. I Skype? Did no, it wasn't Skype. It was something else. It was um, another, something Rooms. Something Rooms. Oh, right. And that was good. That was very similar to um, Zoom. But we, yeah, we're very, very lucky. But back to my toolkit, you ask it, I mean, for me, it's, it's exercise, it's healthy eating. It is, I'm very into my sort of feeding the body well. Um, and it's, it's about, for me, it's about self care as well. It's about all of these things. It's, it's looking after ourselves, recognizing when we feel very, um, perimenopausal or menopausal and, leaning into that feeling and actually thinking I'm going to be kind to myself today I'm going to talk to myself like a best friend what would what would you say to your best friend if you were you wouldn't beat yourself up like we have little voices in our heads quite often saying you know get a, you know you need to get on with it sometimes you've just got to not get on with it and just be kind to yourself have a duvet day read a book do that go for a walk and then another one of my tools is going out in nature every day I've got a dog and I go out walking every day because I think it's so important; it raises the spirits. You know, doctors actually prescribe it now for people with depression to get out in nature. So, get up, get moving, get out in nature it will definitely help with menopause symptoms. And then for me, I've also found talking therapies. Like when I first became perimenopausal, I had some CBT, which is um, cognitive behavioural therapy, and I now have regular coaching sessions. So, coaching sessions are a really safe space where I can talk about how I'm feeling, my coach is on my side, we work together to um, on goals, on where I want to be, on whatever I bring to that session that week. And I find that really powerful because I think what I found with coaching is that it's not like talking to a friend, it's not like talking to family members, it's having your own cheerleader there. Because what, what you find with anybody when you ask them advice or you talk to anybody, They've always got their own opinion and their own needs behind whatever advice they give to you or whatever they're saying. And I think that's where a coach who has been trained, it's all about you and what you want, not what you think you should have. You know what I mean? Do you understand that? Yeah, I think it's
0: it's having um, a completely independent and compassionate witness.
1: Um, oh, I
0: really like that. How much I, did, you write, how did you write that down. <laughs> not, no, I, I think it is. And it's, it's as you say, you've, you've got somebody who's there for you. And it was interesting that you, you spoke about CBT because I've been speaking to a couple of women this week um, and they've both said that um, had they had either CBT or some form of counselling leading up to their menopause, they're convinced it would have made their journey a little easier. Mm. And they're saying, you know, really, because I think there is still some stigma about seeing a therapist, isn't there? Whereas
1: you know, why, why it's, it's, if we're in the States, there wouldn't be, there is definitely, that's so true that we've got this, I think in the UK, we've still got this kind of stiff upper lip where you just think, oh, you know, you just got to get on with it. There's that whole thing about not reaching out. And I, and, and I was very guilty of that for a long time, not being, um, not actually saying that you need help and it's not a weakness. I think reaching out, it's being vulnerable is actually a strength that we need as human beings to um, lean into again. And you know, I use that yeah. phrase, just, just and, and I think talking therapy is that everybody could do with a therapist or a coach or somebody to talk to who is on their side, their cheerleader, impartial, it's amazing. It's It's an amazing form of therapy and it can be so beneficial. Mm.
0: I mean, your, your website is called Marvelous Midlife, and I think yes. that's that's an absolutely great spin. Because um, I think it's it's good to be reminded that we're not in retreat, isn't it? And I mean, if you if you look at social media, I mean, from you know, there's the incredible Jo Mosley, the you know, the lady who stand up paddleboards. Oh, I love
1: it. Um, yeah. Rachel right.
0: Peru, yeah. and I think it was um, Professor Joyce Harper at the weekend posted a photograph. She'd just been out for a five k run, and I think it's those sort of really positive. Um, Rommels. I speak Rommels, yeah exactly that I think we need to see more of
1: we do and, and um, I have seen more and more of that I mean social media is a wonderful thing I'm on Instagram and I've met so many made so many wonderful connections on there very supportive midlife women who um, are thriving and loving life and and I think that's really important actually that you've brought that up is that men- menopause and perimenopause is just a transitional phase of our life. And actually we will come out the other end. We do come out the other end better, stronger and thriving. And if you think about it, we've got probably an, at least another 30, 40, 50, 50 years in, left in us if we keep ourselves healthy. We've got a long way to go. Our, our grandmothers and our great grandparents would only live maybe up until their midlife. And so their menopause kind of did make them feel old because it was almost like the end for a lot of women who were dying. But we've got so much life ahead of us that we've just got to transition through this phase, learn lessons from it, um, come out the other side, fighting fit, really, and excited for what's, you know, what this next phase of life is. And I think when you get to this stage, you do realize that actually every single moment is important. There's that thing about gratitude and how. It makes it's made me much more um grateful for the little things in life the little things that we can find every day there's always something to be grateful for and also not settling for a life that isn't authentic to you this is we only have one life i've got you know on my websites i've put this is not a dress rehearsal so if you're not happy do something about it we can do things about it you don't have to be in an happy relationship you don't have to be Um, in in a job you don't like we can change 50 is still young enough to do whatever you want or midlife is still young enough to do whatever you want and choices as well I think that's the
0: thing isn't it reminding ourselves that we always have choices even if perhaps we don't like them we always
1: have a choice we do we always and quite a few people who I coach actually they say well I don't have a choice in that and I say to them is that just a thought or is that the truth because every decision we make every single day, we, can, we choose that decision. You know, we, we, have a, we have a choice all the time. It's really interesting that you said that. And that's quite empowering when you think of it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, well,
0: it's, it's a lovely quote from Peter Levine. Um, and he says, without awareness, you have no choice. So the moment you introduce awareness, mm-hmm. you have
1: choice. Yeah. And that's why I just think it's really important to... Um, be a lifelong learner. Be very curious. Keep, be, keep your curiosity there. Always be looking for things that you can pick up or things that you can learn, life lessons along the way. I love that. I love, all, I love learning all the time. Wise words. Every day is a
0: school day. Most certainly. Most certainly, especially <laughs> for <laughs> menopausal women. <laughs> yeah, it's so is, true. Is there, is there a, a quote or perhaps a line from a poem or something that, that inspires you to, that you'd like to, to leave us with?
1: Oh goodness, I wish you'd prepared me for that question. I'm not very good at remembering things like that. But um oh I've got loads of I've got loads of quotes on my Instagram that I like. What do I like? Um, I can't you know what? I can't even think of what I mean. I like God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I like that one. Yeah. I mean, That's not that empowering. I also really like just that feel the fear and do it anyway, because one thing that I've realized with lots of my clients and lots of my friends is that people, um, when you get old, the older we get, I think you become less you're not so go getterish so you become a little bit more scared or a bit more wary of things and I just think sometimes it's good to just feel the fear and do it anyway and remember that the most scary things are quite often the things that we should do the fear in us the things that we don't want to do the scary things are the things we should do and they're the things that make us grow as a human being beautiful beautiful Laura
0: can you for people who'd like to connect with you
1: Do you want to just sort of tell people where they can find you online? Oh, yes. And that would be lovely because I have, I have got my, my website is www.marvellousmidlife.co.uk. And I have on there a sort of regular blog of women sharing their menopause story. And you're on there, aren't you, if you don't mind um and and it's so helpful and beneficial people have said how much they like reading other women's stories because it makes them feel they're not on their own so there's lots on there with so many inspiring stories and then i'm marvellous midlife on instagram Marvel marvellous midlife on twitter and facebook marvellous midlife yeah, absolutely stuff. everywhere <laughs> we'll put
0: that on the link when we uh, when we upload the podcast but laura Thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for for stepping into that vulnerable space and uh, sharing your journey with us. Oh,
1: my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it.